Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees, Season 3, Episode 1. We're back. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review. And I'm Rafe Blanford from allaboutwindowsphone.com. And Rafe, it's a pleasure to have you rejoin us. Ewan and I have done two specials in your absence, and obviously now we've concluded negotiations with your agent. Uh, we can we can reintroduce you back onto the show. I am, of course, delighted to be back, and I'm agree. Uh, I'm glad you were able to agree terms with the agent. Very tough negotiation, I understand. And, and of course, uh, those who listen to the specials will know that Rafe is still talking to us because he hasn't heard what we said about him in his absence. <laughs> because I haven't actually listened to the specials yet, but I'll be doing that on the train back. How, how special is special? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Welcome back, Rick. Welcome back. Right, so uh, I think we are overdue a catch-up, chaps. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, before we went away, uh, the earlier on in the year, we made some very rash promises about coming back quickly and then didn't. I blame everyone else except me for that. Uh, Rafe Blanford is pointing to me. It doesn't work very well on an audio podcast if you attribute the blame <laughs> <laughs> without sound. Um, so... The most important thing probably that happened while we were away was Mobile World Congress. Mm. My take was it was probably one of the most boring Mobile World Congresses I've heard about for a couple of years now. Um, nothing exciting happened, really. Uh, Rafe? I can't believe you're saying that. Just, just because you didn't go, Ben, you didn't notice all the excitement. Uh, I will say I agree with you. There were less really big news announcements. And I think that's because many of the industry players are now choosing to have their own events typified, I think, by uh, Samsung not really having any big announcements there and saying that they were going to announce their Galaxy S3 later in the year. Nonetheless, there were two, maybe three big things that came out for me, and that was the quad-core devices. But the thing about those quad-core devices were they were completely pointless. There was no incremental benefit in performance over the dual-core devices. Uh, The second thing was Android Everywhere compared to a few years ago. Big, big presence at the show. HTC maybe being the flagship bearer with its new One Series devices. And the third thing was Nokia making something of a comeback, somewhat unexpectedly, with the device of the show being, can you believe it, a Symbian device, the 808 PureView. I'm going to not mock quite as loudly as I could have done about a Symbian device because the camera was pretty amazing and I've seen some of the some of the real world pictures coming out of it. Yeah. I mean, the guys at Nokia have done some amazing things with camera technology, but we knew they could do that because we'd seen the NA and all the camera phones that preceded that. Uh, and again, I know why it had to be a Symbian device because it took so long to develop, but it does make me really impatient for them to shift some of this technology that would genuinely differentiate their handsets into things I want to buy because with respect... I won't buy an 808, and many people won't buy an 808 simply because you know the the Symbian ecosystem is is dying or at least slowing down. Oh, in the, the, the perception is you're not well, interested well, in it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested. In it. it doesn't work very well. You know, Bell is better, but it still you know lacks a lot for me in terms of you know pleasantness and usability. So you know, if, someone, if, if somebody gave you uh, a peer review, you know, this this 41 megapixel camera, would you you know? Use it. Well, I'd use it to take pictures with, a bit like, bit like my N8. I mean, I own an N8. It sits in the car and I use it for sat-nav. So is, is there a use case then for you buying this one? Well, Rafe, how much is the 808 going to cost uh, retail? The 808 is probably going to come in around the £450 mark. <laughs> yeah, so no. Would be. Uh... <laughs> I mean, that, that will right. drop down fairly quickly, but I think that's a fair comment. Uh, Symbian is clearly on its decline now. There will be people who buy it because they want the best camera phone they can get. And there are still people who like Symbian devices out there. You know, I cater to them every day on all about Symbian. 
But oh, that's still going, is it? It, it is still going. Thank that's you for that. Along. That's nice. <laughs> Thank you for just stabbing the knife in the back. You're going to get so many complaints, Mr. Smith. I am. I am. <laughs> I think the thing about the 808 was I agree with everything you said about it coming onto Windows Phone and indeed Nokia themselves, I mean, fairly tellingly, I think, said that this is a technology you were going to see on future devices. They weren't actually saying Windows Phone, but of course that's what they meant. But it struck me that it was the first really big piece of innovation that I've seen that was not just a step change, not just an incremental change. It was a generational leap. And it was really good to see that coming back into the mobile space. I mean, people were talking about this as being a leap similar to when Apple introduced the iPhone. It was, it was that good. And we haven't seen it you know, hands-on yet, but I think people are really going to be surprised by it. So, uh, Mr. McLeod, you were there brief- you were at Mobile Congress a bit briefly. What about your view? Well, I I was quite surprised. First of all, Apple never go to these things, right? So you never ever see Apple at these shows. And I think that's perfectly fine three or four years ago. But this is billed, Mobile World Congress is billed as the best, the biggest, the most amazing industry show. And the vast majority of people I saw, anecdotally, were walking around with iPhones, iPhones and iPads everywhere. There were, of course, some Android phones. And hard, I didn't see any Nokia's apart from you know, people who were clearly Nokia employees. So everybody, let's say, I, I'd say 60 to 70% I, iPhone everywhere. And then the balance being Android and then some other ones, right? Everyone's using all these Apple devices and all ignoring the fact that it's Apple that's running the, the planet when it comes to mobile. It's Apple that's the influencer. It's Apple that's deciding the next step. And it's Apple who, by the way, just recently are complaining that people should be doing their own innovation. Uh, which I thought was quite interesting. That was Tim Cook yesterday at his uh, earnings announcement. Was it yesterday or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I find it very telling that the industries out there try- chatting away to each other, talking about how good they are, when actually the elephant in the room and the, the elephant that's controlling everything isn't there, um, isn't present, and we're all waiting to the WWDC, the big keynote, to find out what, what, what we're going to be doing. Basically, the whole industry has to wait to find out what Apple's going to be doing. So I thought it was, in some ways, slightly irrelevant. I think it's really disrespectful. It's beginning to really annoy me now. I appreciate that Apple maybe want to launch devices at their own events, and that's fine. Nobody's going to force you to announce your new hardware on somebody else's timetable. The guys that do it, do it for the benefits of doing a mobile congress. But uh, Apple have the largest developer ecosystem for mobile devices in the world you know, bar none in terms of attention and value and all the kind of big metrics. How disrespectful is it to all of those people that they are making huge amounts of money from to refuse to participate in events where, you know, mobile development and things are are the key topics? Let me stop you there. I'm talking over you because that's what Apple does, right? Because I'm not listening to you. I'm telling you. Okay. I'm telling you that uh, if you'd like to discuss all those wonderful things, well, first of all, there is no discussion. There is a yeah. one-way reception, so you can receive my message, and you can do so for the price of a couple of thousand dollars at our conference in June. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and that... And that, and that yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And that is it, because I, I say this, actually, but I've got a bit of a, a sort of a, a beef already that I, I've, you know, recently, professionally, I've become a bit more exposed to my firm's mobile development piece, and I, I've seen a bit more clo- close, a bit more closer up. Take those words and you turn them back into English. I've seen closer up the process of developing for a whole bunch of platforms uh, because you know before I've been involved in managing the processes, but not actually you know the, the mechanics of building these right. apps. And I've been 
horrified by how appallingly difficult it is to uh, to you know to operate within the developer ecosystems that both Android and uh, iOS offer. Now, the nice thing, I suppose, is that Android, there's tons and tons of opportunities to go out there and meet people and, and work through the problems and all these sorts of things like MWC. Yeah. You know, if nothing else, you can go and participate and have conversations. And You can meet the guy or the lady that's running the, the App Store or the Google well, Play well, or whatever not, it's called. Not just, not just that, but I can also meet all these third-party companies that have specialisms, the kind of people I might want to partner with, the kind of people I might, who might offer services. There's quite a vibrant ecosystem. But with, with, that, you know, with Apple, uh, it's very, very difficult to to access them and and to you know sort of get support from them when things get difficult uh, it's very difficult to go and sort of be appraised on the direction of the market and sort of take the temperature like you say you know if you want to go and take the temperature of the market look at kind of what the whole industry is doing you've mm. got to go to Apple's own event you know which is it's pretty pretty rude really when they're taking 30% of all of these guys uh, you know, uh, sales and, f- and fees, and they're placing huge restrictions on. So they're having significant benefit out of it. Yeah, re- really, really irritated me that actually they don't participate, uh, not from a device standpoint, but from a developer standpoint, because the ecosystem is a business where they need the developers to participate. They don't need people. They don't need people to buy their phones. They want people to buy their phones, mm. but that's a consumer piece. You know, people, the consumers don't really pay attention to MWC. I, I think it's what you and said. Is true about Apple. Although I would say that you know everyone had an iPhone or an iPad app to demo if they're on the software side. Mm. I think Ben's right about Apple need to start respecting the fact there is the rest of the industry out there because they? they're, they're not just they? a niche player. I think they do because well, uh, Apple have been able to do what they've been able to do thus far because they have been ahead. Um, Android has done major catch up, and there's also. Windows Phone coming along, and actually, I think if you speak to a lot of developers, they'll say the process of the Microsoft developer tools and the way they do business is much better. And so, when there are alternative choices out there, and you're getting to the point where, you know, Android, Windows Phone, and even to an extent something like RIM are enjoying parity in terms of device functionality and features and experience, Apple actually will need to start playing with everyone else as well because otherwise they'll get left behind because that differentiator will be Apple's a bad person to work with. And I'm not saying that they should engage with their peers, you know, that they should sort of join up with Google and Microsoft and sort of, you know, work with them to make it easy for everyone to see everything side by side. I'm talking about what they should do is respect the fact that companies are investing huge amounts of money in them and that they need to go some way to making it easy for those companies to develop their skill, market their products, partner, you know, create that ecosystem. uh, Developer.apple.com, thank you very much. And uh, pop along to the WWDC, pay your money. Exactly. And I said, yeah. You've got to to pay to play and you only play on their terms. Uh, And, you know, for for example, you know, we... We as a firm are quite large, but we'll only invest in sending people out to these events maybe once or twice a year. It's a significant investment in time, never mind money for for fees and things. So, yeah, I think they've got to start playing. They've just got to start behaving like they they own an ecosystem. They've got to look after that ecosystem rather than sort of, I get the feeling at the moment that people are doing it in spite of themselves because so many people have these devices. Yeah, you'll have a choice. You'll crawl through broken glass yes. to develop for it. But yes. they've got to start making that an easier process. Well, they don't, they don't yet. I mean, not, the, the reason show me where Apple's hurting today. The, the reason developers are still willing to do that is because most of the value share in terms of making money is still on iOS. I think that will probably change fairly dramatically in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Hold on a minute. Do you, I, th- I, I agree with you, but I think that that shift will probably happen 
what, two or three years to go, right? Because they, they've just come off a rocketing quarter, 35 million iOS dev- uh, iPhones. I, not iOS device, iPhones. So 35 million, but Brentford. I, but I don't think they need to do it because they need to sell more devices or they need to sell more apps. I think they need to do it because if their aspirations to keep the platform high quality, uh, you know, the best place to go, to have, you know, to attract the most appealing people, to have the most innovative software solutions that are an equal to the usability of iOS as the platform, uh, it, it's more about getting the right people there, producing the right quality, not about quantity. Or I, listen, I, reckon, I, see, I, I disagree there. I think they could quite happily stick their head in the sand for the next three years, and nothing would happen. As long uh, as they keep on knocking out devices. I disagree, because it's about long-term sustainability, and so much of the Apple promise now is about having the superior app and service experience, that if they don't do everything they can to work with the very best, they're, they're going to suffer. I mean, but Apple the, the very best is working with them. I mean, show me a developer that isn't you know, uh, uh, automatically developing for Apple. Yeah, and I think that's the problem is that you've got this kind of love-hate relationship, which is I love to use their devices. I hate to do anything that involves getting stuff into the App Store or, or worse, dealing with a problem when there's you know when it mm, happens. Mm. So uh, we, we drifted off MWC there, but I think that uh, it, the, them not being there matters more than just the fact that they've never been there to announce devices and people are missing the fact that actually the ecosystem is bigger than the devices now in many people's minds in terms of importance. So uh, was there anything else MWC-wise? I mean, for me, really, many of those things that we just talked about could have easily been in any MWC, a whole bunch of anonymous ta- tablets, like I say, that maybe... I thought a, you were going to say tat. Tat, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tat. Uh, an interesting camera from Nokia, but not really a blistering year this year. I think there were, as every MWC, you have to look for the gems because there is so much going on mobile, it's hard to pick out little things. Um, Obviously, I spend a lot of time uh, looking at the Nokia things, but one thing that hardly got mentioned at all was the Asha 302. That's a QWERTY device, basically exactly the same hardware, something like the E6, so a very high-quality keyboard, you know, fairly bog-standard screen. But it was interesting because it was £100 um, you know, before any subsidies or anything like that, but it did exchange, it did maps, and it was basically the equivalent of a smartphone a couple of years ago, despite the fact it's running on Series 40. So it was kind of, I think, the forerunner of the idea that uh, we've talked about feature phones becoming smartphones for a while. The smartphone def- definition is absolutely useless now because there is such a broad range yeah. of devices that it encompasses whatever definition you choose to use to the extent that people are saying it's only a smartphone if it's what people consider a super phone or something like that. But that's actually going to have a, a much bigger change than people think. And we were talking about Apple and the relevance there. That's fine in the West and the developed markets. There's still a lot of activity in the emerging markets around these sub £100 prices. And it's, is it going to be Android? You know, are you going to extend the high-end smartphone platforms down or are we going to have a group of quasi-smartphone platforms like Barda, like the next generation of Series 40 to service that? And my personal bet is actually you need a dedicated platform for that because making one stretch is not going to happen. And we're but just do, seeing the first signs of that at MWC. Do you, do you think, though, that £100 price point, if in terms of UK money, is really the meaningful bottom end of the smartphone market? Because I mean, Vodafone and Huawei teamed up to release the, the G300 recently, which I've not had hands-on. But, I mean, that's a £100 Android device, which actually looks quite appealing. It's got some nice build quality and some nice features. So I was assuming that that heralded you know, sort of smart the smart the bottom end of the smartphone market stretching down to seventy five pounds or below. You know, it really a yeah. hundred pounds is is now 
affordable smartphone money. It's hard to put an exact pricing on this because it varies no, so I, much. I do, do it immediately. Come on. I want uh, the exact price. But, but there's clearly something between the kind of the $15 basic phone before you then start getting into proper smartphone. Have you, and, have you been in Tesco recently, Mr. Yeah, I actually, I actually went into Tesco when I was away in, in holiday in Wales and picked up a Nokia 103 because I needed something that would last more than a day on battery because I was between charges. £7.99 for an unlocked device. <laughs> uh, so just say those words to me again. On holiday where? In Wales. He has a, a very authentic viewpoint on vacation. Oh, no, actually, I'd forgotten that the, the Blandfords own a good portion of Wales, aren't they? So they're probably, that, they were probably, just, probably yeah. just collecting rent from the tenants, are they? He's <laughs> <laughs> rubbish, he says, protesting too yeah. much. <laughs> right, now, so, so, the reason I asked about uh, Tesco, the, the supermarket chain here, is I was, I was in the uh, Tesco Bracknell a little while ago, which is, uh, and uh, I was pushing my little son... Uh, he was getting a little bit annoyed. Uh, well, you've taken him to Bracknell, no wonder. <laughs> and Tesco's. <laughs> and Tesco, yeah. yeah. We normally go to Waitrose. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, it's Waitrose in Windsor, for goodness. <laughs> now, uh, I walked by the mobile section, and there was a QWERTY uh, Nokia, like a bell, uh, well, Nokia Asha something. It was a Nokia Asha something, and it was £45. I think £45, I think it was. It was a QWERTY smart, well, a smartish phone. And I don't, would it be the 302 or something I like that? I think that would have been the 203. 203 or whatever. But that, I mean, 45 pounds for a really good phone experience, get you at that price point. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and people start thinking, but it hasn't got apps and all of that. But of course, the priorities of people buying at that kind of range is completely different to your average smartphone buyer. So that's why I think that portion of the market is very interesting. You asked the, you know, it's 100 pro. No, I actually think it's going to be less than that. And the Android devices are really interesting. The better question is, what's the price point at which the smartphone advantages disappear because you've had to compromise too much on processor or whatever? And those £100 Android devices, for those that have tried them, they're great if you kind of stick to the out-of-the-box experiences. As soon as you start trying to do extra things, you find that they're underpowered, not enough memory or something like that. And it's typical of these smartphone platforms, indeed any computing platform, that once you try to squeeze it down into something less than the optimum conditions, the experience degrades. And in mobile, the emphasis on smartphone platforms has always been to optimize towards the high end. And one of the big problems with the fall of Symbian was they were trying to get onto cheaper devices and they took their eye off the high end of the market. So my contention would be you can't have a mobile platform that addresses both the high end and the low end at the same time. So most manufacturers, if they want to cover the whole market, are going to have to look at the minimum of two platforms plus whatever you need for the very, very cheap phones. Okay, so we're talking about catching up, and the other thing that we, well, one of the other topics we need to catch up on is Nokia and RIM. Now, we covered both of those in previous series, but, you know, times have been a changing whilst we've been away, and these two guys, depending on which media you read, are either about to resurge massively or are about to keel over and have some kind of mobile phone equivalent of a heart attack. Um, for me, the interesting thing, the point that's been made recently was some coverage I read on The Verge about the Windows phone. I think it was probably the 900 launch in North America, which said, as a, you know, considered on its own, Windows phone, especially on, on the Nokia hardware, although you know, the other guys are now adding nicer hardware as well, um, is, is pretty nice. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's doing quite well. It's a pleasant experience. It's some nice usability innovation. But why would you choose it? Why would you choose it over? And if you are a person, a normal consumer who can choose iPhone, Android, or Windows Phone, let's say as your as your touch smartphone platform, why would you choose Windows Phone? Because, or whilst it's good, 
there's nothing that marks it out in any respect better than either of the other two choices. And I sort of thought about that for a while because I've been using the 800 for a while and I've been really enjoying it. It's been nice. I can do all my, I, I've switched it over to my business phone. I can do exchange mail and everything. But I'm only still doing the same things I did with my Android device before. And I'm doing the same things as I run with my iPhone alongside. I just can't think to, yet what the, what the point of differentiation is for Windows Phone, why people would go in and buy it. Well, it's a it. different user interface. It's, you don't have to swipe to the right. Well, it, it's different, but be, but is it better? I mean, if you well, think, what's the difference between a BMW and a Mercedes? It's just it's preference, isn't it? Yes, but the you, you go you go and you choose the individual characteristics of that of that vehicle. I mean, you're talking about two brands there, but if you right, say, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Android, iPhone, Windows. I, I think it's actually becomes very much more design centric because I was describing before how we're getting parity almost between the platforms. They're all good enough. Um, there is a challenge that I think it's particularly for Nokia in what can it do to make people choose that as opposed to something else. And you know, pure view camera technology is an example of something they might do. Um, but yep. in the in the states with the Lumia 900, it's pretty clear they've had enjoyed their success because the design's a little different and also the pricing. So they had the $99 high-end smartphone versus $199 for the high-end Android. Uh, I wonder how much they can continue that. Um, I think if you look forward for Microsoft, it's much more about the integration you'll get between Windows Phone 8 or Windows Phone Next plus the desktop, potentially with tablets, and so it'll be that fully integrated offering. And we've kind of seen them doing it with the Office Hub. And I mean, I'm baffled that when you see the TV adverts, you don't see what looks like an Xbox advert that says play Xbox games on your on your uh, on your Windows phone or you don't see uh, in, in 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 the enterprise world I haven't really seen anyone saying hey guys you know that this is completely native exchange integration from the same guys who wrote your email server mm-hmm. why don't you buy phones here because it, it seems it seems to be selling at the moment to consumers either on the basis of price as you said Rafe that they do tend to be discounted relative to the other devices but I think that's probably more that they're being subsidized than they're genuinely cheaper mm-hmm. to make um, or design you know that it looks like it looks quite nice and as, as Ewan said it's kind of a it's a new UI and yeah. something it has some novelty value but I'm kind of flummoxed that they're not pushing those because I, I was convinced when I first heard about Windows Phone they're going to sell buckets of these to Xbox users because my, Microsoft at that point wasn't cool you know you didn't yeah. like Microsoft you had to use it at work or you had it on your PC but Xbox is a really successful brand it's cool people like it and it's it's almost a pop- the Xbox phone it, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think it was ever going to be the Xbox phone because that that excluded too many people. But the fact that you could that there's a whole community of Xbox users out there, or people who at least thought Xbox was cool and would consider it, even if they didn't have a games mm. console of their own, because uh, they've gone for the the people centric advertising. With I the think they just had to get it out, didn't they? They just had to get it out and uh, as low a risk as possible. I, it, again, but I think you could you could put all of those adverts out side by side. You don't you, to do one, you don't have to not do any of the. It's one that, message, isn't it? What, what, yeah. It does right. feel like the advertising isn't all that different to what their competition are doing. And actually, I think they have got scope to do other things. And you mentioned enterprise with the Office Hub, uh, be it SkyDrive or SharePoint or whatever else is coming. I wonder whether that may come in time because Nokia keep talking about establishing momentum. And in all fairness, uh, I sat last year when they announced the shift to Windows Phone and I thought it would take them a year to produce their first Windows Phone device. So they're kind of ahead of my expectations already. But of course, everyone's going, oh, it's not good enough. They only did 2 million devices in Q1. Um, so they're fighting this kind of battle of expectation 
and going through the transition at the same time. So they're losing lots of money. Uh, well, I have to say, although I, although I like the Lumia range and I like Windows Phone, if I had... If I was going to go, if I had one phone and I was going to go out and buy a phone on a contract and I was going to be tied into that for 18 months or 24 months, however much I think that the UI is cool, I still don't, it's not an established brand. Going back to your example earlier, Ewan, I don't think it's the difference between Mercedes and BMW, two long established trusted brands. I think it's the difference between um, BMW perhaps you know like a, as, as apple and some new entry a new chinese market. brand that you don't yeah, you've never yeah. heard of well maybe actually uh i don't know sony coming into the market say a brand i know and trust in other markets right but they don't make cars and i'm not quite sure whether those cars are going to be any good and then with yeah. the knowledge that sony the, the sony car you're evaluating and they're going to say by the way this one is all right but that we're working on the next one which is coming it's going to be a lot better there, there and it's going to be danger. here in six months there is a danger here that we think about power users because most consumers don't buy a platform. They'll be buying the Nokia brand or they'll be buying the Sony brand or that, the Apple brand. And there is more awareness of that coming in now, but relatively speaking, most people are driven by what's available on the network shelf, what does it look like, do they like the look of it, what the price is, rather than I'm going to go out and buy a Windows phone, an Android. It, there is some there, but relatively speaking. It's, it's probably it's good news that if you, I mean, I know quite a few people who, and this is all anecdotal, but I know quite a few people who have gone out into the operator's door and bought a Windows phone and not been disappointed. I know some who've... Yeah, that's important. I know some who've bought them, but unfortunately, all of the people who've genuine, genuine customers, primary handset, rather than kind of the geek community we live in who buy them because you have to have one of everything, um, bought them because of all the launch offers. Because it came with an, actually nearly everyone, because in the UK, Orange, uh, is it France Telecom, as they are elsewhere, um, shipped them with Xboxes. Mm. And people who liked Xboxes went, that's a cracking deal. I'll have one of those. Is that a problem? It's not a problem, but it doesn't, when, the, when the free Xboxes run out, it doesn't answer the question, why would you choose Windows Phone over the competition? Which features and everything else aside just has a head start in terms of mind yeah. share and familiarity because I think they just had to knock it out they just I, had to get it done there's, I, a, there's I, a chicken and egg issue here I know I don't and think maybe, they, no, it was Xboxes not eggs yeah well Xbox. yes but ah. the, the Xbox is maybe what you need to uh, establish the momentum um, well, the, yes, point, the point you, need you the made yeah. about people actually liking it is quite important because I think the issue is they need to get people to try it yeah. and certainly all and that the, guy needs to take it to the pub it's a short, I need to be seen exactly. with it and not be embarrassed by it and but for it to work. The scores that are coming back are saying that people do like. In fact, it's got the best kind of would you recommend it to someone else scores. Now, some of that comes from Nokia, some of that comes from the operators. But anecdotally, it does seem that people who pick one up really enjoy using it. Uh, they need that to spread wider. And the only way they can really sort of force devices into the marketplace is special offers and pricing. The pricing is actually an interesting one. If you break down the bill of materials of the various smartphones, the Lumia devices are notably lower cost, mainly because the specifications required to run them is less, you know, lower red screens, lower processors. I, I thought I'd seen some reporting that the bill of materials on a 900 was more than an iPhone. Was that not That's not, 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 not correct. Okay. As far as I Says know... Says the man who runs all about Windows Phone, so... Rafe Bamford did the definitive answer on that i take that. I, I am i'm pretty confident given the, uh, <laughs> he's revising yeah. that he's the, pretty the various confident. components um, oh, yeah. and particularly when you then look at devices yeah. like the 610 which is something that got announced at mwc we didn't talk about it but that's going to take uh, windows phone into the hundred pound price point yeah. that then starts getting quite interesting because the relative degradation is much less it seems on the windows phone devices than on android well, well tell okay. me uh, let's we've we've done enough on that i want to talk about rim well that's we, what i was going to say tell me about rim tell me about rim well 
um, my my BlackBerry sits unused on my desk. All the SIMs taken out. You know, I nearly bought. You're doing it wrong. You're using it wrong. <laughs> using That's it wrong. why it's not working. I'm, I'm using it to hold down paper at the moment. <laughs> No, You're not I, getting the right messaging experience from that at all. I, I, you no, know, well, I'm, I'm giving you a messaging experience with it. As I, <laughs> uh, let me tell you a story. I went to, um, I, I had time to renew my contract. I get the opportunity to get a new phone, subsidised, whatever. I, Why would you do that, but Karen? Well, it, my, my contract expired and I wanted to change. And actually, I, we were going to talk about operators and things, but we'll leave that for another episode because we're running out of time. But long story short, I walked into network operator store, ready to buy a new bold to replace my old bold, because, or which, because despite the fact I'm not, I think that RIM has some serious, serious problems, I wanted a nice uh, high-end QWERTY form factor device. And the stupidity of the other manufacturers means that RIM is the only place that you can get a QWERTY form factor device. And if you tell that me works. to buy an E6, Rafe Blanford, I would... I'm not going to tell I you would, to buy an E6. Oh, good, okay. But, you know, buy an Asher 302. No, exactly. I mean, I look forward to becoming available on Windows Phone, but right now, all it's, those other devices are looking too old. So it's got to be a bold 9900 or nothing. Good man. Thought about it, looked at it, p- picked it up, played with it, walked out with an iPhone. Why? Uh, QWERTY's dying, unfortunately. Well, actually, I still, I still miss QWERTY. I still miss QWERTY form factor. But I took one look at it. I loaded up some apps, which crashed. I looked at the battery size, which was tiny. I flexed the case, and it was squeaked. You know, uh, I looked at the. Pro- I looked at the. This I, is this. Can you, listeners, can you hear me flexing the case? I looked at the nothing. Can't hear anything from there. The the keys the keys on my old. Uh, there you go. They're, uh, for, for oh, the, shit, I'm emailing something. For everyone listening, that's <laughs> the sound of you and McLeod squeeze, squeeze, deleting lots of email by mistake. Squeezing right. his 9700. But I was... It, 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 I, I, read some, I read some reviews, and by the time that I'd finished... <sighs> I know, by the time... You only need to read my stuff. That's all you need to know. By the time I'd finished doing my bit of homework, I'd realised that it was a device that was full of firmware bugs, no. had, a terrible, had, had, had a terrible battery life. 7.1, lo- lovely. Had an, the battery had life terrible, is even better. And had a terrible yes, battery Where are you life. doing your research? Oh, the internet. I trust what I read there. Um, and I just decided that I wasn't, I wasn't going to get, I wasn't going to spend four or five hundred pounds on a new device because, you know, I was looking, I was looking to buy it uh, separate from the contract. Um, uh, I wasn't going to spend four or five hundred pounds on a device that, frankly, I thought was really severely compromised in loads of ways. And in the end, I thought, what? I, I came out with an iPhone because it was uh, what, I, what I trusted. Oh Isn't the bigger point around RIM also about it, its strategy? I mean, it's had its leadership change now. We've got Heinz in charge. He always makes me think, think of baked beans rather unfairly. Torsten. Um, yes, Torsten Heinz. Yeah. What, what's the name? Torsten. 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 Yeah. Um, and they talk about what's coming next, and we've got BlackBerry 10 on the way, yet details have been pretty scant. But you look at what's happened to their device share, and it's going down catastrophically. You can't help compare it to what happened to Nokia last year, where a similar situation, but they seem to have moved to the new strategy or at least announced it quicker. And oh, that's not maybe right. Nokia, gave... hold on a minute. Nokia had, they could just go, right, Windows Phone, done. Well, that's, and that's, or Android. And that's why RIM have a real problem because exactly. at exactly the point, well, they're, going, they're following the same path Nokia had. Nokia brought in Stephen Elop and said Windows Phone. And I know there are a lot of people who think that that was the worst decision they could have made, but it was a decision that will yes. have an outcome, a very clear yep. point of change. And, you know, we'll see if it was the right one or not in the future. And, and, and by the way, one, you can execute a good decision badly as well. So I think there are lots of different yeah. variations along along the way. But Rim, Rim haven't with their, with their new demand Torsten or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, they've decided 
carry on. We're going to carry on doing exactly what we were doing. We're going to keep producing the same things we produced before. There's no says who says and who? They, they there's don't, no, there's they no major strategic change. And they well, don't even you, communicate. Well, hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Next week uh, is when Blackberry World takes place, and that that is when they are going to at least discuss or touch upon or oh, announce. That is, uh, that, no, that's such a relief. I was really worried you said that they were going to do something, but as long as they're going to meet somewhere in Canada and discuss it, I mean, that's the it's, main it's thing. It's in Orlando. It's, 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 it's yeah. in Orlando. They have to go Mickey, south sometimes. I could do my Mickey Mouse joke now, honestly. Right. <laughs> but but isn't, isn't the point there, they're not communicating clearly, and even in well, the okay, earnings call, they, we had that confusion. bad, right. We had yes. that confusion Has over, in, in the latest set of earnings call, it, someone said, we're going to focus on enterprise, and people say, well, what about the consumer business, which has actually been their bright spot in the last few years? I don't, I, I don't think it matters whether BlackBerry 10 shoots stars out of its backside. It will be too little, too late, because I, the, the mind share and the enthusiasm has gone away. No, I, I, okay, right, that's one viewpoint. The no, mind no, no, share no, no, and the enthusiasm has gone viewpoint? away. One of, the other viewpoint is actually I'm really bored by the existing interfaces so ice cream sandwich or uh iphone the swipe left and notifications it, i'm looking for something new and i think i reckon a lot of the marketplace is looking for something new so there is room for rim to come along and surprise and delight and i think both of you should should admit here or agree that there is space for rim to come and delight you right agree with me now there is space. yet you there, hold on you're, you're right there is Thank space you. for something to come along delighted but honestly i think windows phone is that answer and I agree with Hold you. Hold on. Now, I, wait a minute. Blanford has bought the ELOP smart marketing message, which is we are the third ecosystem. What no, about you? Well, I, I, I agree I agree with Rafe, but for, probably for different reasons, though, which is I, I think there is space for something new and exciting, but I think that launching a, launching a new ecosystem, which, let's face it, is what BlackBerry will have to do because yeah. the, so much about BlackBerry 10 is a, like a complete reset. It is a reset, uh, yeah. Um, to, in order to launch a new ecosystem, you need the world's most epic amount of cash, which RIM don't have. Well, they've got billions, but yeah, that's but, true. But yeah. they're, they're not Microsoft, and they're not the joint efforts of Microsoft and Nokia and all the rest of mm. the other players. Uh, you need huge amounts of cash. You need other reasons for people to join the ecosystem, so Xbox, Enterprise, all those kinds of things. And well, well, hold on, I mean, that, uh, Xbox and Enterprise are around, whereas Windows Phone flying off the shelves. Well, I think, like I say, you can have a good idea and execute it badly. I don't think I don't think Windows Phone is is, um, impl- is taking advantage right. of those. But you need other things in your ecosystem, and I think the problem is that RIM has so many gaps across that, that whole kind of ecosystem piece that even if it turns out to be a really nice looking platform on some really nice hardware that works really well and plays well to their consumer and their enterprise bases with maybe kind of parallel product lines. By the time they're actually able to get them in the show, get them in the shops and use them, that's it. They'll be toast. They will be. I, just, I don't think the story's off. written. I go. I, I think you're right. It's not written yet, but we're talking about probabilities, and I can't help making a comparison to WebOS and what Palm did. You know, technically quite elegant, and I suspect Black Pretend, the QNX base of that will be quite elegant. But I just feel that the strategy of vertical integration, which BlackBerry is pursuing, is not one that I can really see surviving in the longer term because I think others are going to provide similar experience and similar functionality and give additional reasons to use it. All of the value that RIM had, which was in the security... I mean, we were the other day we were talking about the InfoSec. We were talking about the value of RIM security. This is InfoSecurity Europe, the yeah. event. Yeah, so we, we did the special series from InfoSec about this kind of stuff. And all of the value they have about 
the enterprise management, about the secure channel, about the encrypted devices and all these sorts of things are being eroded by the fact that it's becoming com it's becoming uh, completely co commoditized in every other platform or that actually people have matured beyond that. And we heard all of these people talking about securing the data, not the platform and these kinds of things for the bulk of for, for the bulk of use cases. Um, I think the problem is RIM's got loads and loads of potential, but they're changing direction and they're beginning to think, they're beginning to catch up with the market so far behind the curve that the they just won't last. Well, look, I don't want to come across as a blind RIM supporter. Well, well don't then. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, so I, and I, I am not a blind supporter, and I, I, I take what you're saying. So, However, so you're a RIM? No, sorry, go on. Uh, you're going to make some kind of R.I.M. joke. No. Right. Um, I think we do need a refresh in this system. Um, Apple is looking tired. Sure, we'll get iOS 6 at some point, or maybe in June, that'd be lovely. The new iPhone 5, or the, whatever they're going to call it. Uh, yeah, Android keeps on refreshing. I'm not really, I'm not, it's not, I'm looking for something new, a newer. And I'd, I'd actually like to see some different innovation. I do think we need. Rim and other players to keep keep on going. I was very disappointed when HP pulled Palm because that that's just really shrunk the market. I do think there is scope for Rim to delight users. Remember, they have a massive ecosystem on their own. It's not big compared to where where Apple and Samsung are, are going. You mean not compared to the actual mobile industry? <laughs> well, it's, it's then the question becomes, what's a sustainable minimum size for an ecosystem? I think that's a problem that RIM will have shortly, is persuading people to you, buy we, in well, this will is if be you're difficult. If you're assuming that they're going to knock out the same devices that they've been knocking out. Of course. It, we have to wait and see what happens. And I think they can come back. And I will say that if you'd asked me five years ago, I thought RIM's days were numbered then because I just didn't see how... A, what was effectively a single experience platform could survive. Mm. And they haven't really evolved that much since then. Yeah, they got into the consumer market and there's BBM and there's some smart stuff going on then. But is that enough on its own? I, I just don't don't see that it's going to be big enough I on don't its know own. If we can, it's it's I, a good question. I, we'll I have to wait and see. And I think their consumer success was an accident that yes. they capitalised on. Well, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Free, free BBM, you know, on pay-as-you-go and sort of thing in, those, in, those, in markets like the UK and places like that and, and the security considerations in, in some of the other markets. I think that they completely stumbled across that completely by chance and that actually, if they hadn't had that, that they would, would have had this crisis a few years ago. But and I agree, you know, it would, I really, I, I hope they don't fail. You know, I mean, for all the teasing, I hope they don't fail because I think that there needs to be that diversity of ecosystems you were talking about. But All right, I let me okay. Let me I revert. Don't believe it. it will happen. Other way around. Then what do these guys need to do, right? That that would um, would get you to change your mind. What what could they announce next week at Blackberry World? That's you're going to go. Oh, all right, interesting. Um, that they were licensing Android and putting <sighs> why Android? Come on. No, no. Listen, they're, right. they're, they're they're licensing Android. They're turning their enterprise piece into a services layer that you buy separately and that anyone who bought a BlackBerry device would get that fr the services like w what we currently call biz at the moment, yeah. which is how you get your email for consumer Blackberries, that they were completely refreshing all of that uh, so that it kind of worked for proper for your, your Gmail and your Hotmail and everything and it came with a nice configuration portal so that actually it could be a quir an Android QWERTY low-end device with um, you know amazing battery life and dead, dead, easy to use push email why does it have to be android 
Well, I, I was going to say turn it into a service company and it could be platform agnostic. I actually think if this was going to happen, this is potentially the scenario for if RIM fails as a device manufacturer, I expect it to become a service company and I'd actually expect it to happen on top of Windows Phone because I think there's closer ties between Microsoft and RIM potentially than there is between RIM and Google because Google wants to do its own enterprise stuff and just doesn't have the mindset to be mature in the enterprise market in the same way that Microsoft would. When, when I say Android, I mean that they need a platform so they'll go and reskin Android like they're like Amazon have. Amazon. Kin- I, it wouldn't be a Google Android. It would just be right. using the Android core to create, but but basically try it in a way that gave them a platform that was differentiated themselves. Do you, but, do you really think they have the runway to do that, having tried it with QNX? What do you mean tried it? Well, they're doing it at the moment with QNX. Tried it, tried we, it. We it haven't seen it hasn't the arrived yet. You I got, mean, you look at you Q- just say that you got to give Nokia, you know, a year. Well, yeah, you, you have to give them the time. But look at what happened with right. uh, the, I, the BlackBerry, the, the tablet. That's running on QNX, and that was pretty disastrous, frankly. I, I think the market will move against them before any of this happens, it's and that the pre- right. Wait, okay. the give, give me the uh, gentlemen. Give me the last word, okay? And then let's get off this topic. Okay. The last word is first of all, Blanford. The playbook, playbook didn't have email. That's the problem. QNX, utterly efficient. Do look at the playbook, right? You haven't looked at it properly. The next point, I do like, I think, I do like my playbook, by the way. That's I a great doorstop. Yeah, right. Then the, let's agree that if RIM hasn't delivered anything stimulating, exciting, cool, um, and memorable uh, within six to nine months, they're toast. I can agree to that. Because I think writing them off now, I think you've got to allow them a bit of time. I think that's what the market is doing. The market is letting them play. It's going to let them do nothing. Let, well, sorry, let them do what they want for another six to nine to, to the end of the year. And then people are going to start buying them. Or yeah, I think that's when the conversation will happen. If they haven't, I reckon the market's waiting for them to say, yeah. let's have a look at BB10. And then let's look at any devices. Let's have a look and see what you've got. And if they deliver, I think there's a place for them. They're, they're sitting in the end stall in the last chance saloon. They then have to execute absolutely perfectly and have a couple of favours from their competition, not changing the market context too much. That's a lot to ask. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it would be interesting to see what they come up in six to nine months. But I can't I can't agree that if they produce something cool, all could be well because I think that they could produce something absolutely technically amazing that I really really want to own. But they just won't be able to get enough into the market. They won't be able to get the carriers on board. They won't be able to shift enough and get the attention away from the existing players uh, fast enough for their for their financial issues not to come and bite them first. They're, they're just not going to be operating in isolation. The market is going to be moving, and that's the bigger problem, just as it is for any of the others. And in some respects, if you suddenly make QNX a nice, viable platform that's got some some something you know really appealing, that's just even more appealing to buy them and break them up for the value. Because right now their price, their share price is so low that the the things they own are almost you know have more value separately than they do together as rim. Go on, I'll give you one final word because we well, said. I thought that was a final word. I know, but I accidentally had the final. I think, word. I think you're being very depressing. I think we have to give this company an opportunity, and I think you are massively forgetting that they are number one or number two in not hundreds, but less than hundreds of companies. Yeah, uh, countries, a lot of different countries, all buying rim. Let your know, hand over fist. Okay, they're massive in the developing markets. 10 million devices versus 35 million iPhones versus 35 million Samsung How many Nokias, by the way? Uh, about 
uh, 12 million. So same same problem. Nokia's. But I think I mean, Nokia Illumian. is that much further down the path. I wanted to say a lower figure. Okay, gents, we're well over time now. Uh, <laughs> lots you, of love. If you uh, if you want to tell Mr. Ewan McLeod how wrong he is about RIM or indeed discuss any of the any of the things that we've talked about, please leave a, a comment below. We're now completely hosted by SoundCloud. Woo welcome to our exciting new world. Enjoy our coloured widgets. Um, so you can leave comments in line whilst you're listening to it as well. Oh, that's cool. Uh, when you're streaming. So you can actually agree or disagree with, with you in, just, in real right, time. Please, everyone, just give me give me a bit of time of the day. Come on. Uh, leave a comment below. We're also uh, this is also coming out via the podcast feed. So uh, if you're if you're listening to this via the podcast feed, go to Wireless Worker, Mobility Review, all about Windows Phone, all about Symbian, where you can leave a message on the uh, the posts there. We'd be really interested for your feedback. Thank you for all the generous, kind words that people sent us in between season two and season three. Mostly, where's season three? Hurry up! But thank and you. Be for nice your... to Rafe. And be nice to Rafe. Thank you for words. <laughs> thank um, you, by the way, listeners. And we will be back next week. What are we talking about next week, chaps? I think we're going to talk about the cloud. We are. We're going to be talking all about mobile cloud next week. <laughs>